Listening to the student voice of Edinburgh University, we're Fighting Scots of Edinburgh Radio, 88.9 WFSE, Edinburgh. Good morning and welcome to On the Boards here on WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. My name is Joshua Coffer. Alongside me in the booth is Chewy. And later on, we will also have Mike Lantine, and he is running a little late. So right now, Chewy, you have you have the stage. So uh, unfortunately, anything that gets 
gets asked is going in your direction. <laughs> um, but first of all, did you get a chance to uh, to watch? I know we talked about it a little bit, but you got the chance to watch some of the game last night yes, in sir. the TNT matchup between the Spurs and the Cavs. I did. I watched. Well, what are some of the thoughts of that? Well, some of the one thing I'm concerned about, uh, like we were talking about off air, is I'm concerned about the Cavs and their defense. Um, a lot of things have been brought to attention with the new acquisitions that they've made um, with Darren Williams and Derek Williams and bringing in Kyle Korver. And they have been struggling mightily since those acquisitions on the defensive end because those players really aren't defensive players outside of Derek Williams, who's just kind of like an athlete. Um, they, they have a lot of guys that can space the floor, um, that can shoot, that are more primarily focused on offense and they don't have many tough guys. They've got they've got LeBron obviously who's the best player in the world. Um but then from there on out you've got you've got Tristan mm-hmm. and then maybe Shump Shump is I'll give Shump he's a tough guy. But other than that, you're surrounded by a a whole bunch of finesse players that just want to shoot threes and it's showing on the defensive end. I think during the game they showed a stat the Cavs in their last 10 or 12 games had given up 100, almost 110 points a game. So um, they're not playing championship-level defense. And then on the flip side, they ran into a Spurs team who's kind of clicking on all cylinders. Um, they kind of have been all all year long. Um, like I said earlier, off air, I think the Spurs have been the most consistent team um, over this year. Even though the Warriors have the best record, the Warriors had – far more ups and downs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The Spurs have kind of been chugging right along at the same pace. So, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the Cavs. I'm so concerned to the point where I don't know it's not a surefire thing for me if they're going to come out the East. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially with the way that the the Wizards are playing and the way that the Celtics are playing. Now the Celtics have taken over that number one seed. So um, they've obviously been making a push. And this around this time – this is the time where you kind of want to be playing your best, you know, mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. You kind of want to hit your stride and uh, be hitting on all cylinders, and the Cavs are, are going in the opposite direction. I'm not going to write them off or do anything dramatic like that, but um, I, I'm definitely concerned. It does seem to me that the defense of the Cavaliers has dropped dramatically from last year. And last year they were still an offensive-minded team, right. but – um. Do you remember what was the injury that J.R. Smith had that put that took him out um, earlier this year? Yeah, what was that? I can't remember. I think uh, I want it. I'm gonna guess. I think he broke his hand or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay, I was wondering what that was because last year, if you remember correctly, he he was quite a defensive on-ball player. Yeah, he absolutely. shut down um, Clay Thompson at times yeah. in the finals. And I was looking at him and going, normally I don't remember him ever being a defensive-minded player. Yeah. It, it's sort of like the transition from him being at the Nuggets to being at um, the Cavs, or like that whole like hiatus where he, he disappeared after Carmelo left the Nuggets exactly. and he kind of did his own thing and he went to a couple teams, right? Yep, then he went to the Knicks right after. Yeah. It was kind of invisible there as well. Yeah, and I and then he ends up at the Cavs and I go – I don't remember J.R. Smith shooting so much. Yeah. You know, but yeah. the thing with J.R. Smith is um 
he kind of in Denver he kind of had a more complete game. Yeah, like he was he was doing things off the dribble and um, kind of making plays for others. And now in in a Cavs uniform, playing with LeBron, I think and I think that's another thing playing with LeBron. It it kind of a it kind of allows you to settle a little bit. Like the players that he's playing with almost settle into a role because he's so great and their game kind of diminishes, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. So J.R. Smith, he was getting a lot of praise for playing defense last year, and it was rightfully so. Um, I think he deserved it. Um, I think he, he still kind of needs to get in the groove back coming back off of his yeah. injury. But um, the effort just isn't there. Yeah. This is the second – month of the year of the season where the Cavs have got lost more games than one yeah and uh I I'm definitely with you that I wouldn't write them off because I think talent wise I don't think late game there's any other team in the east besides John Wall or Paul George that's really gonna like take over a game Mm -hmm. I mean Isaiah Thomas can but I don't know if he will in the playoffs like that's a whole nother Exactly. set of things but um the yeah. Cavs I'm sure they're gonna do fine getting through it but it's not gonna be four and out four and out right. four and out finals like it's we, gonna be yeah. it's gonna be six seven game series it, it could be for all three rounds exactly potentially that, that's kind of what we were thinking last year um well going into this year that they <clears> would <throat> kind of just breeze through the east <coughs> and um there wasn't that many storylines coming out of the East, and it was just going to be a Warriors-Cavs type of thing. But I think this is—I think actually this adversity that they're going through is is good for the NBA as a whole because um, there's the suspense factor. Now you're kind of looking at the East, and you're like, okay, well the Cavs—it's not looking like they're just going to sweep through the East mm-hmm. like they did last year and get a whole bunch of rest going into the finals. It's looking like those those series will be probably go six or seven games. And they might limp into the finals, you know, or they yeah. might not make it. So I think it's good for the NBA. Um, I think um, – what what do you think about the teams – what team do you think has the best chance to, to knock them off potentially in the East? I don't think the Celtics have it in them. Like, okay. I just don't – like, when I look at their team, I don't see a bunch of, like, game day, like, show up and, like, yeah. face up LeBron and go, we're going to beat you. Right. Um, I see that out of the Wizards. Okay, yeah. even more. Who's yeah. the Who's the guy that's? Um, I gotta look. I'll take a look right now. But um, I I think if I if I, if there was a team that I saw that was going to you know take over for um, just completely take over. Like John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yeah, they're the Wizards. Their starting five is is legit. Like, yeah. The, the, the question about them is kind of like their bench. You know, they play. They have their first six players can pretty much play with anybody. Yeah. But then there's the death factor. What what is your bench going to do? And you kind of you kind of need that in the playoffs. You know, because <coughs> in years past we've seen bench players make huge impacts. Yeah. You know? And it's it's the guy you don't necessarily game game plan for that beats you at the end of the day. So that's kind of where I worry about the Wizards a little bit. But their first five, six players are, are legit. They can play with anyone. Yeah, the uh, thing is, though, if you're matching up against the Cavs, I really wouldn't worry about the bench too much. Right. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right. Like, uh, I just – the biggest concern for me with any team like that is who's going to guard LeBron. I'm not really concerned about Kyrie because it, it really is his decision whether he scores 30 or scores – 
vibe. <laughs> it, like it, like you can say it's a defensive thing, but if he's on, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's the same shots all day. It's it's really he controls. He's one of the only players like I think like Curry. Yeah, Curry can't get shut down. He just he's either shooting or he's yeah he's not, either making or he's yeah missing. or he's not making. I agree. Like, and I think you can. I think you can relate to that even with Edinburgh ball. Like if if Jamin's on, there's nothing. There's nothing you can. You do, can. Yeah. There's nothing right. you can do. But uh, like I think that's the thing you have with Kyrie. But LeBron's the question I have. Like the Celtics could guard LeBron better than the Wizards could. I I and, agree. And I don't think. I don't know how Atlanta would guard him. I haven't seen enough Atlanta games to even make a decision about that. Neither have I. I think when guarding LeBron, I think it, well, watching Kawhi last night was incredible. I think in all my time of watching basketball and watching LeBron play, Kawhi is really the best. I think defender that has like that has really competed against Bron. And like you saw, like his he blocked his shot yesterday. He kind of almost dominated him on both ends. To be completely honest, yeah. Like yeah. watching that game, um, the Spurs obviously as a whole were clicking, but. He dominated him. He was blocking his shot. He was shooting lefty floaters. He was posting them up. You know, he's being physical with them. I just think that Kawhi has a, a newfound confidence. I think he's had it all year um, where he's had the confidence to go at anyone and anybody. So um, I think LeBron definitely is going to have to figure some things out. Obviously, he's, he's a pass-first player that can score. He's just so great that he can score, but he's kind of got to figure out you know what he wants to do. Yeah, I think uh, definitely the the Kawhi factor of having him in the game. Yeah, I, I there were several times. I think he had something like five steals. I'm gonna take a look at the the whole stat line for that game because <clears throat> that was that was almost pure dominance on the on the yeah, part of the Spurs, yeah. especially on the defensive end. I know at halftime Danny Green had four blocks, <laughs> yeah. which is like. Yeah. He has he has the most blocks of a two guard in I think it's in history as far as in like in the repetitive seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we're talking about a guy that's just dominating. So Kawhi had twenty five, six, six, three steals, one block. And then Green had four blocks. And then all the way down there's one or two steals per player. There's one or two blocks coming down the list. By at least a couple, and then there's there's 24 assists, and that's with like Patty Mills. Did you in the first half? Yeah. Like Patty Mills is the three point shooting version of of Tony Parker. Yeah. He's the same exactly. same exact yeah. person, yeah. but he's younger, and he plays late in games. Yeah. You know. Patty Mills and at this stage of their careers, Patty Mills and Tony Parker are like interchangeable pretty yeah. much. Because like Tony Parker has obviously the experience and you know the championships, but Patty Mills is a, really a threat offensively, and he mm-hmm. he's always he's like constantly coming at you. And then on the defensive end, he's um, a pest. You know, he kind of just is like that little guy that is annoying and you know stuff like that. Yeah, there were a couple times they had matchups. I remember in the past when it was the Spurs Heat finals. Yeah. He would get on the LeBron switch, yeah. and he would give LeBron fish, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I know every big player hates having a little guy that can guard because it's it's annoying. You can't yeah. dribble, yeah. You can barely get anywhere, 
But um, no, I definitely think that the the Spurs showed up, and I mentioned to you uh, before the show, they're four and zero against the two highest percentage teams going into the finals as yeah. far as to win it, and. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a fan, so I'm already cheering for him anyway. But do you think that they have a chance? I think seeing what they what they can do to these teams. Yeah, I I think they do. Um, I kind of don't want to get like too emotionally, you know, make my decision based off too much emotion because the Cavs are struggling. Um, the Warriors are playing without Kevin Durant right now, so um, the Spurs whooped on the Warriors earlier in the year. I think it was like the first game of the season. They beat them by like 30 points. Um, I don't think you can look too much into that game. And then the other game, I think, was when the Warriors rested all their starters. So you can't really look too much into that game as well. But I'd give the Spurs a legit chance because of the just because of the way the system, the way they run things offensively, they, they play basketball the right way. And whenever you do that, you give your you give yourself a chance to win. And if you if you bring intensity on the defensive end like they did last night, I definitely think they have a chance because they have a superstar in Kawhi, and they've got great complimentary complimentary pieces around them. Um, so I definitely give them a chance for sure. Yeah, and I think the fact that they're now later in the season, they're looking better than ever. Yeah. And on top of that, if you remember, any time that they're in the playoffs, the games they win, they win by thirty. Yeah. They they win. They win games against the people that are going to win the championship. Yeah. by thirty points. Yeah. games like last night, I've seen that so many times from the, where they just look unbeatable. Yeah, because everybody's just playing as one. I've seen that from the Spurs like over the years, so it didn't really even surprise me. Um, and I they they have a fair chance, especially in the playoffs where they have the experience and. They don't care about playing on the road. I think they led the league in road wins this year. So they won't be phased by anyone. They'll just probably have to get beaten by a better team. And it only, the only team I can see doing that is the Warriors. I think, if the, I think if the Spurs make it to the finals and the Cavs make it to the finals, I think I would favor the Spurs in that series. Mm-hmm. It would be different, different matching up Warriors and Cavs, but the Spurs, I think they match up a lot better with the Cavs than the Warriors do. You're also talking about the best bench probably in yeah, the NBA. So exactly. if 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 it's a non-starter time, yeah. it's going to be probably plus twenty for the uh, yeah. for the Spurs. Yeah. Did you see Ginobili last night with that crazy reverse? Lit? That was ridiculous. <laughs> He's still got it. He does. He can Man. bring it in str- certain stretch. Stretches. Yeah, he looks like a defensive liability so often, but yeah. he's got he's got an ability that few. Few have, and if and if you haven't tried to model a move that he's done, you're probably lying as a player. Because every everybody at some point goes, I gotta try that. You know what's funny? I want to segue real quick into just to Ginobili. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I was telling them how like in '05 and '06 when they were when when they I think they beat the Pistons, he was one of those players that didn't care about trying anything in games. You know, he would just try the the flashy play or the unorthodox play. And it would and it would work for him a lot of the times, so that's what I was like. Ginobili's kind of been one of my favorite players for a long time. And I don't know. It was it was great to see that re- crazy reverse alley oop layup that he did. I was, it, he looked like he was back in 05 with that one. Yeah, when he first got the, when Manu first got the gig to get, to play with the Spurs, uh, 
<clears throat> they were talking about on on some Spurs like mini movie of of like the production of the big yeah. three. <clears throat> they were talking about how Pop really tried to contain him yeah. and put him in the system. And the whole year they like butted heads yeah. about it. And at yeah. the end of the year, Manu told me he's like, "Let me be me," yeah. and he never said a word after that. He said, "When he's in the game, you just let him exactly. create because exactly. he's." He's sort of like he's one of those jazz basketball players, like like the the guys that they don't look it doesn't look quite right or it doesn't sound quite yeah, right, yeah. but you put it together and you got like a beautiful ability. I know I know even like Kobe and LeBron and like Rip Hamilton, they've like guys have said like if there's one guy that you don't wanna have like getting the ball late in a shot clock. <laughs> Not even that he's gonna score, but he's gonna make he's a gonna play. Make something happen, yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys, which is kind of cool coming from a non-starter that's been a non-starter his whole life. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of crazy. I, I completely agree. Well, uh, Mike decided to join us. Thank you so much for coming in, Mike. I know you're not feeling the greatest right now, but um, not feeling great, losing my voice a little bit, but we'll make it work. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna actually take a. Uh, three-minute break and when we come back we'll have some other basketball discussion here on on the boards uh we will be back after this cigarettes in tiny liquor bottles just what you'd expect inside her new balenciaga viral mass turned dreams into an empire self-made Success now she rolls with Rockefellers. Survival of the riches, the city's ours until the fall. Their monocle and Hilton's found, but we don't feel like outsiders at all. We are the Some say he looks just like his father, but he can never love somebody's daughter. Football team loved more than just the game, so he vowed to be his husband at the altar. Survival of the richest, the city's ours until the fall. Their monocle and Hilton's bound, but we don't feel like outside.
Welcome back to On the Boards. My name is Joshua, and alongside me, Mike and Chewy. Chewy, you mentioned earlier um, you wanted to talk about the co-MVP uh, discussions now and the, the blasphemous uh, sort of lines that, that follow that. But um, what, what exactly has been going on with that, and where do you, where do you lie in that opinion? Well... My MVP, personally, is James Harden. Um, if I had a vote, that's who I would pick just because of um, the success of his team, um, kind of the way they're overachieving right now. A lot, I think going into the season, a lot of people did not have the Houston Rockets in the third seed, so just kind of making, making noise in that regard. Um, and then his numbers, I think he's averaging like 29, um, 11 assists. He's leading the league in assists. And he's he's averaging like eight rebounds, so it's close. It's not the triple double that Russell has, but it's pretty much right there. You know, it can be compared right there. So if I had to, if I had to vote, I would definitely vote for James. I think that um, now that we're starting to hear the co MVP with him and Russell um, kind of float out there, I think it's I think it's plausible because Russell Westbrook is obviously doing something historic. Um, and he's leading his team into the playoffs. I think they're in the – I'm looking right here. They're in the sixth seed right now. So they're kind of overachieving as well. Um, so you wouldn't consider the co-MVPs? I wouldn't consider – are you asking me I wouldn't? Or? Yeah, like when I first heard about it, I was kind of excited, and I just realized no. that I was never going to be able to make a decision, and this is like <laughs> – this is my way out. Now yeah. I can disagree with Kobe. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a, a scapegoat way of answering the question cuz you don't want to pick one. And I'm I can understand that if you if you were like, okay, they're both having outstanding seasons, you can't really sway which one way. If they were to both get the MVP, I wouldn't be mad at that. But my personally, my personal thinking, I thought James Harden should have won it um 2 years ago um when him and Steph Curry were kind of battling for it. I thought he should have won it then. And I felt like he got robbed. And then um, him being one of my favorite players, I definitely that today I would give him my vote just because they they won more. That's it. I feel like if if Russell, all biases aside, if Russell was in like that probably like that fourth seed, I think he de- I think he gets it. But they're in the sixth seed. You know, they're kind of not really a contender. The Houston Rockets are in the third seed, and they're. You can kind of see them competing against the Spurs. They've beaten the Spurs and the Warriors this year already. Um, the Thunder have gotten – I think they've gotten drilled by Golden State. They haven't beat Golden State. It hasn't even been close. So you kind of look at it from that competitive standpoint. And so this really just comes back to how good is the team. It, yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is which I is tough for me. Um, but but through the past five, six years, every single, every single champion or every single MVP we've had has been on a good team. So Yeah. I mean, it's it is how it is. I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think that. Oh wait, how do you determine the MVP? Is it it's voting by coaches and um, coaches, um, like presidents? Yeah, I think coaches, GMs, and some media members. I actually don't know. I say I know the media has a say, um, and the coaches do. I'm okay. Pretty sure there's another. Yeah. Okay. So we can find that out. Because if if it really comes down to all the numbers and they and they go down and it and it ends up being within two or three, I would I would totally back up the whole co MVP. Like if the votes are within 
You know what? I'll give it a 10-point spread. Like, if they're within 10 of each other, I would give that a co-MVP. But besides that, I I I think that I think that Harden has it just because of what he's been able to do this year. I I think that the historic triple double like makes sense, but it also if you're a good player and you're playing with that team, you're going to take that many shots and you're going to get that many rebounds. Yeah. You're not going to be as amazing as Russell Westbrook cuz he's one of a kind. But it doesn't surprise me that he did. He's been doing this. Yeah. Like, there's no nobody's like I can't believe he did that this yeah, season because he plays so hard. And yeah, he's so like freakishly athletic that you kind of expect. Like we take we take his his overall talent for granted. You mm-hmm. know, so you kind of expect him to get those numbers, and he's got the ball in his hands. You know, the majority of the time. So you kind of expect him to get the points and then the assists. Um, but the rebounds, obviously, I think is probably the most impressive because he's, I think he's like six three, six four, you know. And then the league is getting taller, so it's like you can't take that away from him. And I'm sure if he doesn't win the MVP, a lot of people will be outraged. Like, yeah. you know, they see the triple double. <laughs> you, <Yeah. laughs> you like yeah. a lot of people be outraged. You see the triple double stat, and you're like, how can you not give him the MVP? And it was kind of the same thing with the All Star. He he was averaging a triple double and wasn't voted as a starter. So you can kind of see it being biased in some ways. Yeah, I can understand though not voting for him also because of the team's success. Yeah. Yeah. But um so so when the media when the media gets their ballots, are they going to have I think they do it like 1 2 3 4 5 something like that. And then you add up first like each each mm-hmm. each place has a certain value. Yeah. Then whoever has the most points at the end gets the MVP. I think that's how it works. So there's no option on the ballot. You can't just say, oh, they're co-MVPs. So what happens? Do they have to have the same exact point total? Well, that's what I was saying. So that's not going to happen. There's no way. Like I'm saying, if you put them within 10 of each other, yeah. you just give it to them. But who yeah. makes that decision? You know what I mean? Like if they're that close, is the there somebody Is there somebody standing at the at the top like a Silver and he just goes, let's just yeah, give it to both? Yeah, it would, it would have to be him. It would have to yeah. be his his board of directors. Like all of those guys would have to say – those guys and gals would go, well, this is how it is now. Like, you know, you can't – I'm i still shocked that I, – I, I don't understand the voting completely because of the fact that Curry got unanimous. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what. That year will go down as one of those things I tell my kids. Like, Curry was amazing. Yeah. Like, sitting – historical records like yeah there was no way he didn't win it last yeah, year but i'm saying like even with that there's got to be at least some people that are going yeah he's not the envy you know what i mean yeah. like yeah like some there's got to be one lebron person out there so i don't know how <laughs> i don't know how political it is when it comes down to it i was very shocked that it was unanimous not that i don't think he deserved it more, but more like human nature to have at least some some haters out there but um, I don't know what the rules are, or if Silver calls everybody and goes, "Okay, we're all voting for this person this week," you know. Yeah. But I think okay, I think I found it. This says the award is decided by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters throughout the United States and Canada, each of whom casts a vote for first to fifth place selections. Each first place vote is worth ten. Second place is worth seven. Third place is worth five, and fourth place is worth three, and fifth place is worth one. So. That's how it works. 
So they would have to get the same value. Basically. And I guess if, well, like you said, if they're, like, in the ballpark, you're just like, okay, they both get it. I'll tell you what, when I was in eighth grade, I won the president vote by two votes. So it can happen. Yeah. It can be close. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Can't have co-presidents in the the eighth grade. (laughs) Did you stay president or was it just that year? No, it was just a popularity contest. Oh, okay. Okay. Because... I don't know. You, you were you, barely popular, though. Yeah, I was, bar- I was barely popular enough. I will say the girl <laughs> that I that I barely beat was was like really pretty, so she had that over me. Yeah. So I had to I had to win through my through my personality. Yeah. Through my views that's of the impressive. school, my that's ideas. Impressive. Yeah. Not I was that, a real president. Not that beauty and personality yeah. don't. She was just <laughs> she was just really smart and pretty. Like, what does that get you? You know. Yeah. No. Everything. <laughs> you know. Not the president in eighth grade. No. Not by two votes. She'll get it for the rest of the years, I guess. Which well, she did. I I do really enjoy though the fact that the two guys that are the most outspoken about like art and fashion and like culture and music and they make it into a, didn't russell just make it into a um a new album that just came out uh kendrick's new song yeah kendrick i didn't yeah. hear it i think yeah it was kendrick's song yeah and he there was, was there was there was shots fired in terms of uh of kevin durant leaving and then people oh, not don't don't step that. up to westbrook or something like that and then westbrook was all giddy when he when he got asked about it <laughs> Only question I've ever seen him as excited as he was in that press conference. Yeah, so I think I just think it's interesting that those two guys are like the socially, they're the social butterflies of the NBA. You'll see them and they'll actually go to like Fashion Week and stuff, which is, which is it's understandable because we've had that in the past with different players, and you know there's players that make it into movies. Shaq was in a couple, like MJ stuff like that, but. I, I think it's funny that, that these they're so comparable as far as like what they can do, but then when you watch them play, they're completely different. Yeah, like exactly. they're they're the complete opposite. <laughs> and you see you have like what looks like the laziest guy in the world out there and he's like just dominating and then yeah. you have the guy that you can't get him to stop moving and he's doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's it's a weird <clears throat> um reality of having these two guys that are really, really similar, and then polar opposites in some ways. And I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see if they're all sports writers. It's more fun to write about Russell Westbrook right now. I think so, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not as fun to, to, to write and describe or even, you know, broadcast about Harden, unfortunately, you know. What, yeah. what I think is interesting, too, is there's a lot of talk right now about resting players and, and things like that and, these two players never ever rest. That's true. That's Harden's point. probably like one of the most durable players I've ever seen, and and Westbrook the same. I mean, I've, the only times I've ever seen him hurt were when Beverly ran into him. Would he partially tear his ACL or yeah, that was time, something yeah. like that? And um, I, I knew Westbrook was different. Do you remember when he got like hit in the face and he had like a dent in his face, yep. and he like came back the next uh, like the next game and played. That was incredible. He's I was, Terminator, that's man. when I knew. That's when I knew Westbrook was like just a different type of person. Yeah, uh, he's got a different mentality. You see the, pi- the picture is, is crazy. Yeah, pull that pull that up, and we're actually gonna take a break because when we come back, we're gonna talk about resting players in the NBA, and uh, hopefully by the end of it, we'll get to the NCAA for just a moment because we've got Final Four predictions coming up. This is on the boards. Um, I'm Joshua. He is Mike. He is Chewy, and we will be back 
after this.
Welcome back to On the Boards here on WFSC Funding Scott's Radio. I forgot what we were going to talk about. Are we talking? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about resting players. Um, Mike, I know you have an opinion about this, so I'm just going to let you go. What do you think is the, uh, the, uh, the, the drawbacks, I guess, of, of all of this resting that's been going on? Well, I think I think Popovich said it best. I, I'm not even gonna try to try to say it any any more efficiently, but he pretty much said that it's similar to healthcare in the sense that you're never gonna be able to fix every problem that there is with resting players. If you if you shorten the season in a way, owners aren't gonna be as happy because they lose money. Players are gonna be happy in that scenario. Uh, if you extend the season longer and you just give them more more rest in between back-to-backs. The owners will be happy, but the players aren't going to be happy because they don't want a longer season. Mm-hmm. They think it's already too long, um, even though you would have the same amount of games. But I don't know. Like we were saying earlier, I think it's interesting that um, that the two MVPs are the people that refuse to rest. And I remember I remember specifically uh, when I was watching the Thunder, I think it was maybe, they were, maybe it was their, when they made it to the finals or, or Western Conference championship game they may have made it to a few years ago but I, rem- I remember my dad saying to me that Westbrook works harder than anybody he's ever seen on a basketball court mm-hmm. which I think says a lot because when you talk to somebody who's been around for a little bit well a little while and they've seen other players I mean my dad talks about like watching Jerry West play and players like that T- that that sort of statement goes a long way especially in a time when resting players is becoming such a huge problem but I think that the players need to speak out a little bit about everything, because very few people are actually saying what they want. Yeah, but I think um, the topic of resting players, I think it kind of blew up in in the way it did recently, is because they were resting on, you know, nationally televised games like the ABC games and the ESPN games, the games that everyone is tuned into. You know, I think that's where it kind of blew up because I know. Um, it's obviously is going to get some scrutiny because um, fans want to see the best players play, and I think um, did you guys hear what Patrick Beverly said about resting. Well, he was he's kind of one of those blue collar guys. Obviously, he had to work. He didn't have the easiest path to the league, so when he finally got there, there was no thought that crossed his mind of him ever resting. And I kind of I kind of respected his opinion in a way. But we've seen in the past, we've seen the Spurs do it, and they had success in the playoffs with doing it. So I'm not against it. I'm I'm against them resting on national televised games. I'm against them resting, kind of, um, in games where you know where you you're never gonna play again. Like you play those the East West games where you play one time in that city. You know, I think you can take a, a game off probably against like a below 500 team mm-hmm. that would make more sense. Um, not the games that everyone wants to see. That's where I kind of had an issue with it, um, but I can I can see where people are coming from when when they get outraged with the best players resting. But in those situations, it's all psychological. Yeah, it's all like uh, when when we saw Popovich do that for, for the first time, probably on on uh, on a on a big national TV game. It was probably because he didn't think his team could win or he thought they could win yeah. with less players, so he did it to get that psychological advantage over whoever he was playing against. I agree. And I, I agree. think other teams see how efficient that could be. 
and they take advantage of it. Because if you're the Cavs right now and you go into San Antonio and you know you're not playing well right now, why not rest LeBron? So the, so the Spurs don't really have anything over you. They walk out of the building like, oh, we beat the Cavs, but we didn't beat the Cavs when they had LeBron. So we gotta we gotta keep our keep looking forward to that to that game. If they beat him with LeBron right now, that's a big deal because they they feel like they have an advantage over them. So in scenarios similar to that, obviously LeBron didn't rest, but in scenarios similar to that, I could see it's a psychological thing and it's a rest thing. But I think that the psychological thing needs to be cranked or you know punished a little bit okay so i have a couple i i think that a couple thoughts i think that when popovich has done it in the past on nationally televised games he does get fined right like he gets fined a lot i think the first time it was like one hundred fifty thousand dollars. it was like some ridiculous amount of money because he he didn't even he sent parker ginobili uh, Duncan and uh, one other starter, and they didn't even show up. Like they weren't even in. They didn't even go to the game. They didn't go with the team on the on the road trip. But um, <clears throat> I think if it's in nationally televised games, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about players getting fined for resting. Right? That's not. The yeah, the players can't get fined because it's it's the coach's decision. The teams you know? have been fined before, though. Yeah, the teams get fined, teams get but I think that. I think that if you're going to let it happen, you give them, like, five a season, and then you clean up the back-to-back issue. You just clean it up, right? Like, you only get, what, two or three back-to-backs all season, right? The road back-to-backs. Yeah, yeah. the road back-to-backs. And then... Especially the ones with a lot of travel, sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. But, um... Because I'm just trying to, like, like frame it around. If you do that, I, I think I'm okay with, like, five a game or five a season. But if you... If you do them only on nationally televised games, you're taking a lot away from from fans. You're taking a lot away from, you know, sponsors. You're you're pretty much losing a lot of appeal to that to that particular matchup. But I know when whenever like you mentioned, whenever the Spurs did it, it was it was sort of like a mental thing where they were going. It doesn't matter if we show up or not we're either going to beat you or or we're not and we can meet you with our bench but we know later down the road we can meet you either way it doesn't matter to us because they would do it against you know miami they would do it against the celtics and they would still keep it within 10 points you know what i mean like they would they would treat games with so little respect because of how confident they were as a team so I think I'm okay with it if it's like a strategic thing, but it's getting to the point now where it's consistently during those games where it actually matters, where fans actually want to see it happen, and I I tend to go along the lines of what you what Beverly is saying that if you've made it here, why wouldn't you want to compete? Why, you know, how many guys used to rest games in the '80s? Not many. No, not many at all. And there were players like I was watching a documentary about um, an all-star game from the 80s. There were three players that had broken fingers. That like, were playing in the game. They were playing in the all-star game. <laughs> like, what does that tell you about the difference in competition? When the all-star game is so competitive that there's people that want to play with with an injury, to now, if you have, an, you have even 
an ounce of a chance of feeling like you might have the flu later today, you might not show up. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm never I'm never quite understood. Like, I understand that we're giving players a lot more now for that and a lot more freedom, but I I don't know. I don't I don't tend to like it at all. So I said a lot. What do you What do you guys think are the are the the only excuses for for missing games it like injuries aside let's say like what what would you be happy with as far as uh players missing i mean even without injuries i think a, a an actual reason to rest players is over exhaustion but i don't think you can actually measure that obviously so i think a lot of these players they they play you know eight games in 14 days and they're traveling all over and you might look at a guy like Tim Duncan a year ago and go, maybe you shouldn't go on this road trip. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't look good. You, you're not looking good in practice. You're not practicing, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, or even even younger guys. If you if you look at a guy, guys who take a take a beating on the court, you were just talking a little bit earlier on our break about Goran Dragic. He takes, a, he takes a beating on the court. He takes a lot of hits on the court. I'm sure there's some moments where he's not injured, but he needs he needs that day. Where he can sit on the bench and and rest and and sort of take a load off and and let it, the rest of the team take that game, give somebody else a spotlight too. But um, I agree. Um, I think LeBron in his in in this situation where it kind of blew up. I think LeBron has earned the right to to get rest. I know a lot of top players um, that have talked about it in the past, and I think Kobe talked about it yesterday. He was never going to rest. Um, I think LeBron has kind of earned that rest because if you think about his career, especially as of late, he's been to the finals, I think, the last five or six times. You know, So he's always playing extremely deep into the NBA season. A lot of player seasons end you know, after this month mm-hmm. or so. So you've got to kind of look at it in that manner. Um, you've got to factor in what your team is trying to accomplish, whether it's uh, – win a championship or you know make the playoffs and things of that nature I think that the Cavs have bigger goals uh just kind of just like the Spurs and the Warriors so that's why they take that approach to to resting players I think I think those are really the only teams that are doing it right now if I'm not mistaken so um there might be some teams here and there but like you said earlier James Harden and Russell Westbrook they're not resting I don't think they can rest I don't think their teams even can even function without them so that's another kind of component to that if you take Russell Westbrook off like off of that team for one game I think they just look awful you know and same with James Harden so I can see in that respect um them not wanting to rest um and I think it's I think it's a it's a touchy subject I really don't have I know I'm kind of dancing around I really don't have an answer um for your question I just think that in LeBron's situation I think if you're a young guy you should play. I think if you're a person like LeBron situation or like a Tim Duncan situation you mentioned last year, then you can have some leeway with it. And um, yeah, so that's um, that's what I'm gonna go with. Do you guys think it's gonna be something that's gonna end up in player contracts at some point in the future? Um, because if it, if it's going at the consistency that it is now, because it's not just like like you were saying that it's a lot of Cavs, a lot of Spurs, a lot of Golden State. Yeah. There's already been more sit outs four weeks ago right. than there was all season 
at the highest peak it was ever at. Okay. In sitting. So we're talking like 700 sit-outs a season when it used to be 700, like, it used to be 700 for a season. It was 700, like, <laughs> at the end of All-Star break as yeah. far as sit-outs. So I don't know. It's it's a different culture. But at some point, that might become something that you do in in a contract. You say you can only, like, sit out. Like or tell the coach I'm not coming, a couple times because we don't, you know I and I, the other thing with that is players can always you know fake an injury. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, look, Le- I bet you LeBron actually faked an injury just to not play the rest of the game against the Spurs. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what he was doing. He he saw an opportunity and he took it, which I don't blame him. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that. I I don't know. I wouldn't say. That. I'm not saying he it was, was he that. Was, he was faking it, too, in that NBA Finals when he had cramps, When too. he had cramps. He was faking, faking it that <laughs> That was weird. <laughs> I thought that that was just silly. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're weird. the greatest player, you know, I don't know. There's it's, people that play on, like, 90-degree days on the blacktop yeah. all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then one time you can't play the game. I'm just saying. I don't know. He's still no Paul Pierce, so. <laughs> next next rec game I play, I'm gonna have my brother carry me off the court. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jog back out for like the last two minutes. That, that was crazy. <laughs> the thing is, though, are you gonna win it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go out? to the bathroom in the locker room <laughs> and then just come back out. <laughs> you really got carried off the court and just came back <laughs> like two minutes later. That was, <laughs> back. That was something else. I remember uh, D Wade hurt his. Sh- this was a legit injury, but he hurt his shoulder and was carted off in a wheelchair. I was like, I was just thinking, like, you can't walk, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a shoulder injury, yeah. but I don't know. Oh, they definitely cater him. My, my like, long-term overreaction to this, like, this is, like, long-term, and I haven't heard anyone talk about this yet, but I thought of it, like, a couple of days ago when I keep seeing it on all these sports shows, is that at some point this might end up being something that makes it into the NCAA. I mean, not not during the NCAA tournament, obviously, but I know what you're saying. Like during like, regular season games, there's like thirty. You play thirty games, almost thirty games, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so you if could... you're playing a team that you're obviously going to beat, and you have three games, four games that week, like if you for some reason you have a Sunday, you have a like a Sunday, Monday, or a Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday thing, like where you're playing multiple games in the week. You gonna sit? Like I'm just I, saying. I like it see. could. I see what you're saying. It could happen. I'm just I, I, I don't want to be the first one to say that that's gonna happen, but it I could would happen. Hope, I would definitely hope not. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, know. you would know from firsthand experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to put you on the spot, but <laughs> yeah. not 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 only Edinburgh, but have you seen teams outside of your own? resting players and then you kind of thought to yourself i just watched him play last night yeah he was, on, he was in the game last night why is he not playing right now i've never seen it i've never seen it on the college level i hope that it doesn't ever make it to the college level um because kind of like when you're in you're in college you're kind of young you're indestructible you know like there's you're a young guy you should be out there playing i think those guys that are getting up in age like around 30 you know 35 they have any kind of an excuse but i would hope I really hope that doesn't happen, that it makes it down to the NCAA. Because the NCAA is almost devoid of talent now because you got players leaving after one year, mm-hmm. you know, so you kind of don't even 
have too much talent on that level. So if you're starting to rest your best players, I think that product would go down. But that's that's a whole different you know story. That's <laughs> just what I see in the future, and I'm I'm worried about it. But if it happens in two or three years, I'm gonna call you guys and let you guys oh, know that that's what. Um, Great. <laughs> um. Anyway, just to close up here, guys. Any thoughts on the final four? Just what what do you think is gonna happen in the finals? Or, or in the final four games here coming up on Saturday, and then who do you think is going to be there on, on Monday for the victory? Well, the one team that I still have in it in my bracket is North Carolina. Um, I had I had Duke and I had Duke and Kansas and Kansas winning, but they're both done. So I'm I'm going to pick North Carolina. I think they made it so close. They were so close last year. You know they got beat on a last second buzzer beater, so they definitely have that kind of momentum and motivation to win it this year so i'm, I'm gonna take north carolina mike what do you think this is a tough one i want to i want to think that see I, there's been so many crazy games that just looking at the final four i've seen how many like teams i didn't pick that went on so far <laughs> yeah but um I, I i'm gonna have unc going to the championship game too and then i'm ha- gonna have gonzaga winning too i guess Winning but, it, yeah, but I've I've picked one seeds to win all like this whole tournament and they haven't. So, uh, and then I think Gonzaga's gonna win the whole thing. All right. Okay. Um, for me, I think I've never seen, I've never been so excited about a, a defensively like dominant team. Like I I don't know if I if other people have said that, but I I think Oregon is one of those teams that they do they do not let you get a rebound. They do not let you have any sort of freedom inside the three-point line because they are so long. So I'm thinking if they can get past North Carolina, they're going to be awesome. But I would really like to see Gonzaga pull this out. They are really – they're one of those schools that every year they're really fun to watch, and they play basketball a way that not many college teams do. They play inside out. They have some dominant inside players. And so I'd like to see Gonzaga win, but – I. I, I just don't know. I'm going to go see the uh, UNC-Oregon game with a couple UNC fans, so I'm going to be <laughs> bringing the only green shirt I have, I think, and I'm just going to be yelling for them. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm think. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I will say this. This guy who plays for South Carolina that not many people were talking about before this tournament happened was this was uh, Sundarius Thornwell, I think. Yeah, Thornwell, and he is special. Yeah, he's good. He's going to be a good four in the NBA. I know he's a senior. He's a little bit older, but he's going to be fun to watch. We've seen seniors go into the NBA with, with that experience and really have an impact right away, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, guys, with that, we have two Gonzaga votes, one UNC vote. So we'll have to see what happens. And next next Tuesday, we're going to have a lot to talk about, so let's make sure we watch the game next Monday night. Uh, with that, this is On the Boards. Uh, we will be back next week next Tuesday to talk about the championship of the NCAA tournament as well as other NBA news and info. I'm Josh. He is Chewy. He is Mike. We'll see you next week. Have a good rest of your week.